today's episode is brought to you by LaRue Baby Grows. Baby Grows for active children. Made from the softest of soft cotton fibers, LaRue Baby Grows are perfect for the teeniest of tinies who are getting used to a whole new world and need to be warm, comfortable and confident while they start exploring their environment. This is The Great Equalizer, a parenting podcast about the realities of being a mom or dad in modern Jersey. We are your hosts, Sam and Charlene, and we believe we're all rocking the same kind of crazy. So let's get real, let's get honest, and let's have a laugh about the ups and downs of our current upside down. Hashtag no judges. This week on The Great Equalizer, newborns. Plus, Sam is counting two, three. Charlene is coughing and sneezing uh, for a sorry bunch. <laughs> and we chat to Jill Gerard, producer and director of Madagascar, a musical adventure. Hello. Lekker maandag. Yes, we are recording on a Monday. Um, in the hopes that we'll have a better outlook on life, <laughs> I don't yeah. know. I don't know if we're winning today because we've synced, yeah. haven't we? Yes. I don't know. I, I don't know how it happens, but the theory is confirmed. It is confirmed. Charlene and I would much rather be chowing down on chocolates with our uh, butts under a cover and drinking coffee and watching Netflix. PMSing and having our moods just to ourselves. Yes. <laughs> We're just cursing the world for being like, no, isn't it everybody else's fault today? Exactly. No, 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 no. Then Omar Roikar comes. Yeah. Like when, driving when your cycles link and you both just... <laughs> the Germans are here, Charlene. Yes, your, the Germans are your, here. Your auntie who's visiting? Aunt Flo. Aunt Flo, yes. <laughs> Uh, how are you kicking ass, Sam? Uh, I am here and I have a smile on my face and I'm going to yoga today to try and not have to count to three <laughs> with my husband and my child. <laughs> well, I had it on the weekend. My poor family, uh, they all got it. That's not that's, even their fault that I'm moody. bloody hard, man. And But, but there's just... Something that they could do better to to help our moods. I'm yeah. convinced. I don't. I feel so bad now in hindsight after l- lashing out at everyone. And Rachel just says like I have my I have my wife for like two weeks of a month, and then the other two weeks I have the devil. I've just come to terms with that, and I know it's like in that knocked up movie where it's like I hate you hormones, <laughs> not you, Charlene hormones. Yes, <laughs> yes, but. I still, I still think I am hormonal, and so certain things are getting to me a lot more. But like, I just the load is too much sometimes, mm, and mm. I think when when I'm at an end with my cycle or or with my hormones, and I, I've you know I always just say to myself, okay, you know that saying when you've reached the end of your tether, mm. tie another knot and hold on, mm. you know, and that's how I feel when I get like this. And I do think, yes, hormonally, if I was a lot more balanced or, you know, doing better and maybe uh, not in that part of my cycle, I'd have been able to handle the dirty kitchen or the child who won't open his mouth for uh, brushing teeth or whatever, but I just, I can't, and you know? And that's not the reality, so. No, no. Yeah. and the, the, the load, I think the burden mm. of 
being a mother. That sounds awful. But it's, it do does, you hear what I'm saying? I hear exactly like what load. you're saying. It's that thinking, I've got shit to do myself today, but no, no, babe, come and say bye-bye to us. Come with us to the car. I asked Ray this morning to do to do the morning shift and to take Elijah to school because I had stuff to focus on this morning and to bash out. And he did it, but he didn't do all of it. Yeah, it still required your input or required you to a certain degree. And when you need to say you take the morning shift, then it needs to be, I can not think about one portion of that shift. Yeah. So that I can sh- I can have my focus on something else, shift yeah. it to s- else, somewhere else. So I'll brush my teeth and then go to the kitchen and pack Elijah's lunchbox and then go back and put on, a, a, you know, part of my makeup and then, oh, then I've got to come and say goodbye and buckle him in. And then I notice the buckle of his car seat is sticky and I'm just like, why is this sticky? And then Ray says, oh no, there's stuff in there. And I'm just like, but why can't you do something about it? Why am I the only one? So I've reached that point now, mm. this point of motherhood that I hate where it's everything why feels, me? Mm, everything feels like it is just such a job yeah. and a burden. Yeah. And then in the very next breath, I start hating myself for feeling that way. Well, yeah, exactly. Mm. And then your period comes and you're just like, oh, right. yeah. yeah. But then your damn husband is vindicated. <laughs> it's not fair. It's just, I don't think there's a way around it. It's just life. It's not fair. It's not fair. Why do we have to look like the crazy ones? Well, probably because we are. (laughs) (laughs) I had to break it to you. Embrace it, I guess. Okay, so that doesn't say why I'm kicking ass, but I suppose like I'm I'm here and I've realized that. And so, um, yeah, this morning there was a lot of, Elijah, open your mouth. If you don't open your mouth now to brush your teeth, you'll go to the, the corner. (laughs) <laughs> trying not to say naughty corner so mm. it's just the corner you'll go to the corner do you want to go to the corner no then open your mouth in one two three but he waits for me to get to bloody well three mm. and, then and then yeah my mom used to blick some me at three so i never let her get to three you see you're lucky my kids is like i don't care you count until you blew in the face <laughs> open my mouth what do you mean I don't know. what are you gonna do about it huh <laughs> so i don't know the fact that i didn't mood him before he got to three today was a bloody miracle. <laughs> kicking, hashtag kicking ass, but also ki- getting my ass kicked. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. I hear By you. my own body again. <laughs> <laughs> okay, how are you kicking ass? I don't really have anything to report <laughs> in this um, on this topic. I can just say that uh, because it's a Monday, I think I'm kicking ass by way of focusing on trying to be more organized. I think it's just a byproduct of being a Monday. So you kind of have your to-do list that how am I going to plan my week and, and, and. So I'll, I'll take that as a when I am focusing on being more organized. That's, mm. that's that. I think both of us are kicking ass because we're doing this now on a Monday. And it just is going to, we're going to come away from this feeling a little bit lighter. Yes. And a little bit less bur- burdened and more understood because we had somebody to talk to. Exactly. Because this is like therapy also for me. Yeah. And then you kind of having it at the beginning of the week, you can clear your head and get going. Whereas when we record at the end of the week, I'm carrying the whole week's worth of burdens. So what I end up doing is I get here on a Friday and all I do is complain. And bitch. Yeah. Yes. Although. Not not that we haven't (laughs) just complained. Okay. Moving swiftly along. (laughs) You've got the snuffles though. I do, yes. Again. Again, it's literally done its rounds in our household. It started started with Josh, then it 
went to Red, then went to Jess, went to me, then just as the lot started getting better, it started at the beginning again. So when we were away that week, Jessie was really bad, like bad post-nasal drip, bad congestion, like she can't breathe and sleep at night. Got back that first week that we're back, Red starts. Joshua starts. Week three, Charlene's got it. So yeah, and we're we're doing all sorts. We're nose free daying. We're s- sucking all the snotties out. We're um, sterimoing. We're um, uh, what's that thing? Nebulizing. We're doing all sorts. Yeah, you you kind of have your dance. You do mm. so as soon as Elijah starts with his snotty cough, we're just like, mm-hmm. right here we go. This is the process. Mm. Have you got this? Have you got this? Have you got this? Yes. Good, good, good. Yes. Yeah. So we're we're just doing, and I'm just like, for, I've got Rhinex for the kids because it's the only thing that helps with. That's not this like a celestamine or a schedule for um, yeah. medicine. So I give them a little bit of Rhinex, which the pediatrician said. Oh, no, on, on the bottle it says it's not allowed for a kid under six years. But the, Shame. But the pediatrician said it's safe. Shame so, on you. So I give them a little <laughs> a little bit of Rhinex, and that actually seems to help. But listen, have we plowed through bottles of Rhinex? Can I tell you, it's ridiculous. Anyway, oh, man. I feel sorry for the kids, though, because I know how crappy I feel. Like, at the moment I'm sitting here, my head feels the size of a house, yeah. and you're kind of hazy, you can't really concentrate, so I can only imagine what the littlies must feel like. You're kicking ass by being here with that head. Well, no one fucking cares, because life happens, and you just got to get on. <laughs> indeed, indeed. <laughs> Speaking of um, getting on, and life just happens, and that, I think how we're feeling today ties in very nicely with... Uh, what we'll be uh, talking about today in terms of reaching the end of your tether. And um, mm. I mean, a couple of weeks ago, you spoke about not knowing your ass from your elbow. And mm. I think I think I know the crux of it, you know, where it all began. Yes. And like I say, ties in nicely with what we'll be talking about today. I remember, I remember newborns. Please remember, what we say on this podcast can only be considered the gospel on planets Sam and Charlene, respectively. Our kids and husbands can be assholes and angels at the same time. And only we're allowed to say so. And lastly, by virtue of the fact that we are women and it comes naturally to us, we reserve the right to change our minds and or contradict ourselves whenever we so choose. And we don't want to hear a damn thing about it. Hashtag no judges. Okay, so every episode in our introduction, we talk about the ups and downs of our current upside down. Yeah. And I'd like to unpack a little bit more about why I called motherhood or parenthood the upside down. <laughs> okay. So, well, if, I, if you think about it, it's pretty much what it says on the tin, but enlighten me, let me hear where, where you're going with this. Stranger Things, have you watched it? I haven't. Okay, so it's a sci-fi series on Netflix and um, it's all about uh, this girl 11 and how, I mean, I didn't finish watching it so I don't know if it's come to a conclusion of she's a special, talented girl with like superpowers. Um, But she also is very much in this other world or aware of it or whatever and um, one of the kids, so it's all about kids that are in a group and then they welcome 11 into their group. And anyways, without going too much into the storyline because that has nothing to do with <laughs> newborns, 
Um, in this show is a terrifying alternate reality called the ups that Eleven calls the Upside Down. Okay. And it looks a lot like the world, mm-hmm. except it's not. It's much, much scarier. Okay. And that for me is, is parenthood. I need to show you some pictures. I've, I've opened up, I, I googled the Upside Down, and yeah, this is what new motherhood looked like to me. There's there's <laughs> fire. It looks like fire. Yeah, that's the the little boy's front door, and he opens it, and it's just like this scary mess outside, right? Oh, no. So yeah, that's. I mean, it, it's very forest like as oh, well. Oh, I see. Okay, I can see now. Why I've never watched the show. I do not do sci-fi as okay. well. Yeah, you won't be into this. But, <laughs> but this is. I mean, if you look at the show, you'll see that this is like their neighborhood. Except that, those are the colors, and that's the, it looks like this evil forest. So it's kind of like those dreams that you're having where you dream you're in your house or your, like, it's just, it's just a casual, normal dream, and so you're in your home. And then somehow that dream, I often have dreams like that where it goes from you're just doing your thing in your normal, place but somehow the tone of the dream shifts to this eerie underlying unhappy scary tone you can't quite put your finger on it it's it's whether the lighting's changed or but when you look out the window it's like it's your back garden but it looks like you're in a nightmare it's the apocalypse yes that's it so that, that undertone that scary undertone there's a shift in reality where you realize this is your world but it's it feels you're scared shitless for some reason and you can't you can't put your finger on why welcome to parenthood (laughs) (laughs) is is that terribly depressing shall we go home now (laughs) no but you know what it is i suppose if you're if you are an expecting mother you will listen to this and be like, what are these? I mean, it's so beautiful. Surely it can't yeah. be that bad. I'm excited to meet my baby and it's really got to be, I can't listen to this negativity because all people say is you're never going to sleep again. You're never going to get your life back. And then, and then, and So if you are an expectant mother, I apologize. It's going to get better. Just hold on. Yes, yes. So <laughs> I apologize. The, the, I mean, the podcast and uh, being a mother is going to get better. But that was my <laughs> experience. Mm. I have to say other people have have likened new motherhood to the, a forest, um, but in a nice, whimsical, lovely way, like you're a unicorn and... You're, you're just exploring this Yeah, this and there are centaurs and fairies and Not a smells folk. of mint. Not and, in my forest. And lilac. <laughs> Not in my forest either, but I had postpartum anxiety and uh, so this is just me communicating to people who might be in this particular upside down you are not alone and it's fucking terrifying mm. it's it's you can see that this is your house you can you know when people phone you they're still there and this is your world but you are changed indelibly mm. you it, and it's frightening because mm. you just like you you think that this baby's going to slot into your life mm. but it's quite the opposite and mm. that's why any new mother i speak to now I just say you don't know what happens to that time suck, and that that's also like part of the alternate reality, in that you think you have all of this time. I had I imagined going with my newborn to um, my local coffee shop and parking there for a few hours with a book <laughs> <laughs> with my sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> that is hilarious. 
I, I want. I feel like I want to just uncontrollably <laughs> laugh at that. That's very funny. So I, I did. I have the. I had these illusions that I would suddenly have a lot of time, and maternity leave was going to be this beautiful stay-at-home, mm. you know, couple of months where I would really bond and get to know with this, ba- get to know this baby, and I did bond and get to know him. But also, you realize that you haven't peed for the day, mm. or you realize you haven't had it. That's it's true, peeps. It's like you don't have time to shower or brush your teeth unless you have that extra pair of hands. So I'm getting ahead of myself. It's super, it's super scary. And it is this, it was a terrible Stranger Things type apocalyptic, where the fuck am I moment for me when I was alone at home with Elijah. And I'm just saying that that was what it was for me. Mm. And I'm really hoping if it happens a second time around that I can have a little bit more of the forest because, wait for it, I've lowered my expectations. (laughs) There is going to be a cold snap hitting Johannesburg, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) I will not have time to read books. No, you will not. I will In fact, you will have even less time because you'll have another toddler. toddler. Yes. So while said toddler's at school, I will probably park in front of the couch with my top off. Mm. And make sure there's snacks and maybe even a potty for me to pee in because <laughs> you can't get to the bloody toilet. Uh, That's funny. It is, yeah. So it was a cute idea, me thinking that I could read and, and, and all of that. But uh, it didn't happen and I, I feel like nobody gives you that fair warning. Everybody does do the fear mongering, right? I was just going to say, I blame people. <laughs> it's, it sounds terrible, but here's the thing. Okay, so... People do tell you that, oh, you're gonna, it's going to be so beautiful, it's going to be so lovely, you won't know the love you're going to feel. They do do fear-mongering in terms of sleep. Sleep, you are never going to sleep again. Sleep, yeah. sleep is always the biggest thing. Um, just you will never have time alone again or uh, all the negative things that they, they do say. Things that they don't tell you, I, do, I don't feel that people told me enough and we can go into more detail about this now, but things that I felt they didn't tell me was how unreal or how different your world will feel to you and that you will be scared and that's okay and that you will be anxious and that's also okay and that you will have no time because people legitimately say oh but you're going to be on maternity leave you'll have a lot of time people say that people who have had children say that yeah so I want to know what kind of children did you have when you say that because I forget I honestly think they forget because Okay, so the the inspiration for this episode came from a friend who has just recently had a baby. I've also I have a family member who's just recently had a baby, and you kind of see it, and and you see how stressed they are about. I don't know how I'm gonna be or manage this when my husband goes back to work, Mm. and you kind of think your first initial gut reaction is you'll be fine. You got two hands. You put the baby down, even if she's screaming. Do what you need to do and come back to her and sit down and carry on. It's not that, and it was really a split second that I went. Eh, it's not that hard. No, it is. Mm. It is that hard. You know what? I also think what makes it that hard. It's not what you actually have to do with the baby on a day-to-day basis. To a degree, it is because there is quite a lot that, and you time runs away from you very quickly, especially when you're breastfeeding. And and I mean. We've, we've done our breastfeeding episode, but we can go into more detail on that. But the other thing is that you just, 
you're overwhelmed by every small task because it's the first time in your life you're having to do this. Yeah. Whether it's cleaning the baby's nose, clean, changing the baby's diaper. Let's not even talk about how much literature there is out there on how to stimulate your child. Um, and we're going to go into all of these topics, but routine, uh, sleep management, um, uh, uh, like milestone management. How to position your baby in the cot. And then there's so many different considerations. Do you worry about flat head syndrome or do you worry about SIDS? Yes. Because the SIDS proponents are going on their back, blah, 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 nothing around the cot, whatever. Then the sleep trainers are going, no, baby must feel cozy and comfortable, bulk, bulk up the cot a Plus little bit also more. If your baby has reflux, then, then it must be on the side. Other people are like, all my kids have sworn, um, I swear by putting your kid on their tummy because all my kids were on their tummy and look how well they're doing now. It's just all of this, like you say, too much it literature. It's overwhelming. Yeah. It's just overwhelming. Then there's, by the time you've changed this kid, fed this kid, changed the nappy, burped the kid, you're just like, well, how much time has passed now? I don't even know what time it is. I'm still in my pajamas, haven't brushed my teeth. Yeah. Dishes are still lying around. Time gets away from you. And while you're doing all of that, you're still trying to bond and connect with your baby. You go to a, a baby massage class and then... Most of the questions I used to get from moms was like, okay, but when? When do I massage this baby? And then think about your baby's four weeks old. You have to traipse off to your first baby massage class. I take my hat off to every single mom who gets themselves dressed and their baby dressed and into a car, especially during winter months, and then on time for a class to do a little activity and bond with their baby mm. because it's a hell of an ask. I remember because um, I struggled with breastfeeding Elijah before he um, was diagnosed with reflux. I remember sitting on that couch and messaging the massage baby group that you were running and saying, guys, I don't know if I'm going to make it. This is a ter I'm having a terrible feed and I can't put this kid in the car because he hasn't, he's hungry. But, but he he's crying mm, and he won't and he feed, won't feed. and mm. this is going to take longer than I thought. And everybody on the group just messaged me back and said, we'll wait, don't worry. Mm. And I was just like, oh, okay, mm. they understand, mm. they get it. I'm not being ridiculous. Mm. And I think you just, in that newborn haze you and in the upside down, you do need to find the few and far between people who get it mm. and who'll wait for you. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and that brings me on to also just the family pressures during the newborn stage. And, and that's a big one for me, especially with Elijah having been in NICU at first. He was long awaited and I, I couldn't do the usual, oh, this is my baby and present him. I was going to do like one big, um, which was my 30th, I was going to have everybody over and kind of do like a sip and see type thing. Here's the baby, ta-da, presented, and also it's my 30th, ta-da. And life happens, and that that wasn't a reality. But at the end of the day, it's, it goes back to, I posted a few weeks back um, on Instagram under the Great Equalizer, everybody wants to hold the baby, but who holds the mom? And I think families, despite their best intentions, always forget about this it's always about them and them getting to bond with the baby and um them feeling like they're a part of the baby's life or whatever and I know I felt it with with my parents siblings and Ray's parents and 
it wasn't terrible. It wasn't like anybody fought with me, but it was, I had to put my foot down to be like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing here, but I've made a decision in terms of how to lay him down. Do not question that now. So I became a lot more stroppy with my family. Oh yeah, you see, I did the opposite. What did you do? Well, I didn't really, I just felt guilt. Guilt and anxiety. And that goes without saying. Those were, I felt guilty about everything. For example, and I think you and I touched on this the other day, um, Family's very supportive. Family, friends, everybody's like, oh, listen, we'll come to you. You've got a newborn now. Don't worry. You don't have to do anything. We will come to you. I am going to have a house full of people is what you're telling me Mm. and a newborn. Mm. And now I have to get myself presentable in Mm. some way. But I mean, and nobody's expecting that of you. We don't expect you to stay in your pajamas. But you no. I don't want to effing look this way exactly. when people arrive at my house. I you know you're already, here, but I care. You already feel like a dog. I feel inadequate. Yes. I feel like I look like shit. I feel like I want to have my shit together more. And I just feel anxious because I don't know when is this kid going to sleep? When is he supposed to feed? When he, I don't know Because you're what, still getting to know the kid. I don't know if we have a routine or how he's going to behave or how he's going to react. And then... People are going to wear perfume and they're going to want to hold him and people smoke and I'm going to have to tell them to wash their hands before they – and that scares me and like I'm talking to you now is exactly how my mind spiraled like all these thoughts and the more high-pitched my voice goes is how (laughs) – exactly how anxious I felt. And in the end, all I did was I let everybody come and do whatever it is that they wanted to and not wash their hands and arrive with their perfume and just hold the baby and just prayed for it to be over as quickly as possible and when they left I just cried. I put my brave face on and when they left, I just cried and I just held my baby who was by that point overstimulated. Completely overstimulated. Completely yeah. overstimulated and I just cried all the time. And the, what's not fair, Charlene, is the alternative and that's what I did. Put my foot down. No, I'll be holding him today. He, for the good three, four months, uh, Elijah stayed in my Nunupai wrap and slept like that and otherwise he was feeding he was feeding or sleeping and if someone held him he wasn't to be just held and looked at he has a rattle show him the rattle he has a book read him the book put him on his tummy it's time for tummy time i was that mom i can't believe it was probably a bit too extra but that's how i deal with um stress and tasks it's funny because that's my personality you know me i'm like a this is how things are going to happen i'm a straight talker i speak my mind i you'll always know where you stand with me but for some reason when i had a newborn i fell into this whimpering little okay yeah sure you can hold the baby yeah sure i'll just sit here and i would i remember someone would hold him and it would feel like my heart yeah. was beating in my throat i could had like an ali McBeal moment where it felt like a yeah. like my ears were gonna burst and blood was gonna spurt out of my ears either anger or overwhelmed with emotion or anxiety and i just sat there bit my tongue and try to put a brave face on and this is not fair, Charlene. Why should new moms be reduced to the one or the other? Because I, I don't know. I suppose it's a choice. I could have spoken up. I'm sure people would have been maybe a little bit offended, but they would have gotten over it. I don't know why I chose that route. It's bloody hard. I it, don't know. It was fear. It was fear for wanting to look like I was a take it in my stride kind of person and I had my because Shit those together. moms who are effortless like that and don't worry and whatnot, they look more admirable, don't they? 
And I think it was also a fact of, a fact of if I'm tense and I show tension, my baby's going to pick up on that. Yeah. So I just suppressed, 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 which was unhealthy in itself because all it did was make me more anxious, make me more tired, make me want to cry more. So you at least had an outlet for how you felt, which was probably more healthy because you spoke your mind. And yes, maybe you did make a few enemies along the way or people thought that you were difficult, but they're over it now, aren't they? Yeah, they're fine. <laughs> they were, I was a bit of a tyrant, but my baby wasn't overstimulated. Do you know what I mean? I like, and I just, ref- I just refused. And I did message people and say, please don't wear perfume. <laughs> and it can be offensive, but... Mm. You know, I always just think to myself, when you have kids, yeah, then you will know. Or um, you should know because you've had kids. So you should actually understand why this makes me uncomfortable. Mm. And then, I mean, th- those people that were really close to me that I did have these types of discussions with, like I read actually that wearing perfume is overstimulates a newborn. And so my mom would not wear perfume and my mother-in-law would not. And, and because they're smokers, they would make a point of washing mm. their hands. And But extended family and friends were not that courteous. They were just like, oh, so cute, look at the baby, talking loud and like passing, passing the parcel and... They don't mean to be mean. So They're so excited to see this new addition to the family. And, and everybody's so just love so already. happy for you. And to a degree, I felt it was the least that I could do to just suck it up because I should be grateful that there's this much love for this little kid of mine. Right. So my kids are loved. They're very loved. They're still very loved. And it comes from a good place. So sometimes... You just have to suck it up. Do you have to? That's how I felt. I felt like, Charlene, it's the least you can do. Just suck it up. You you can't control every single situation. Was it better the second time around? It was the same in terms of happenings. People are people. They're still the way they are. But, but were I you less was anxious? less anxious because I was just like, the kid's not going to fucking die. She's gonna be over, yeah, and she's gonna be overstimulated, and I'm gonna have a cuck three hours and after I'll this survive get together. That also. And th- tomorrow's a new day. It's just, it's not the end of the world. So, what made it a little bit easier was that I knew, okay, this is we're just gonna play it out. We're just gonna sit in this moment, the overstimulated moment. There are things I also knew. There are things that you can do to bring them back from that overstimulation. So, as soon as overstimulation is done, they must just get out of there. You take them to a quiet room. Take away the stimulus, try and calm them down and just maybe give a gentle leg massage, even though that's also a stimulus. Maybe just do like holding the, the, the relaxing uh, touch, hold the arms, squeeze them into the body. Try and do those little things, going shh, shh, shh to the baby. And already I would see there was a lot more calmness mm. in Jess. So I think also being equipped with those things and being armed with experience the anxiety was different. Was I still anxious? Yeah, I was still anxious some days, but a lot less. Mm. So maybe a good takeaway from this discussion is basically there is there should be a middle ground where you should be able to speak your mind and and t- tell people, actually, I'm a bit anxious and I know that it sounds tyrannical of me, but please, can you wash your hands? Please, can you not wear perfume? Like, stipulate a few... Um, Gentle rules for people coming to your house, um, but then also let go a little bit and 
and realize yeah. that this is part your child's not going to break and i think it depends from person to person like it's like picking your battles you yeah. it, like for me the lesser of the two evils was it's fine i'll deal with the anxiety and the, i'll sit later and i'll cry and i'll feel the way i'll feel because it's going to be a bigger battle for me to fight than to say to these people how I feel. That felt like a bigger battle to me at that point in time. Mm. And so I think it's about a pers- your personality, your personal situation, and picking your own battles. And also, th- it's different for everybody. Like we're talking about our experiences here, and I'm just thinking about my uh, extended family member who's just had her newborn. I talk to her from time to time, and I, I just say to her, you're going to be this upside down that you're talking about. Everything you're experiencing, just remember it's normal, mm. whatever you're experiencing. You're in survival mode. Mm. And let just let it be. It is normal. Unless Mm. your kid has got a temperature and they are screaming uncontrollably for hours and hours on end and your motherly instinct will tell you something's wrong. Other than that, everything is normal. Pretty much anything goes. So cut yourself some slack. Cut yourself some slack and try to remember it's temporary. Yeah. I have one anecdote to say about the the temporariness of it all. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> and um, and then we'll we'll shut it down because we could carry on for, for hours flipping yes, ever. Yes. But um I remember very clearly also it was during the third leap, I think mm. three, four month uh, sleep regression, and Elijah would not go down without being held by me or bouncing and I I was just exhausted and I put him in the the Nunumpai wrap, and that's how I got him to sleep, and then gently untied the wrap and put him in his cot. Mm. And I remember bouncing him around this very table that we're sitting at and just singing songs and shushing and bouncing until he fell asleep. And Ray just looked enraged, not cross with me, but just like he was like a wild animal, and it was one of the, and that's what sleep deprivation does to you folks. Mm. But he was just like, Sam, this is ridiculous. You can't keep doing this. We need help. We can't just bounce him for the rest of your life. We can't carry on like I just remember him just out of this desperation saying, we can't carry on like this. And of course, I like snap back. This is what I've got to do right now. Otherwise, I'm not going to sleep. And it was us just like yelling at each other and just in out of sheer frustration. Mm. And I had to remind him of that the other day. And so, do you remember that? And he said, no. But mm. I, I sounded really desperate and I'm like, you were. And that, if I can bring that to new moms and just be like, you're going to have these moments moments of where you think this is never going to end and mm. it does. It feels like a never-ending hole that you're in. But it, it isn't. Before you know it, that little kid is going to look up at you and say his, his or her first word or... With that comes other problems. Or want, yeah, exactly. But everything is temporary. There is not one phase within this journey that is permanent. So to the moms, recovering mm. from surgery or... Um, battling, <sighs> battling breastfeeding, struggling with sleep and all the nonsense there is out there about you should have them in a routine by X, Y, and Z. Yeah, Here's all the of thing. the people kind of uh, telling you how it must be. There are... 10 ways to skin a cat and 600,000 different ways to raise a newborn. You do you, my friend. Mm. We see you. We salute you. You are doing an amazing job.
Okay, I feel a little bit bad about ranting on about how difficult this the upside down is. I hear you, but I mean, it's not a lie. It's how difficult it was for you. It's not going to be like that for everyone. For example, it was very difficult for me, the upside down. But looking back now after a second one and knowing that the second one is and will be my last one, I know I battled while I was doing it. Looking back at it now, was it worth it? Yes. Will I do it again if that was my choice too? Yes, I would because I know it's temporary. It's not that terrible. You are stronger than you think. And let's be honest, you just got to do whatever gets you through the day, mm. which is why today's sponsor is so fitting for this topic. Yeah, listen, I for the next one, I'm heading them up for sure. One thing I really struggled with was finding comfortable but also practical uh, garments, I suppose, for Elijah to wear. These onesies, guys, LaRue onesies, uh, baby grows for active children, are made of 100% cotton, which is amazing. I mean, whatever you can do to make your life easier in those newborn phase, whether it is stocking up on the right kind of practical baby grows, just do it if you need to. So put them on that baby shower request list or gift item list. They're 100% cotton. As you know, or as those of you who do have newborns or who are having a newborn soon might know, these babies are very sensory sensitive. So having 100% cotton baby grow that doesn't irritate the skin or chafe the skin and is correctly and nicely breathable will make your life so much more easier. And I remember I I had it on my list and I got it. I had mittens. Mm. you know, and to keep their little, to keep hands, their little warm. hands warm, mm-hmm. um, because Elijah would wrestle out of his um, swaddle. L- yes, but also the hands kind of need to be by the face, so they are exposed in some way. And what I love about the Larue baby grows is they have um, a, a little, little fold little on the on the um, on the sleeve that just folds over over the little hand and can be unfolded when you want to expose the hands. Yeah, it's brilliant. Because also those, can I tell you how many of those little um, hand mittens I lost? I always, they don't fit, they don't stay on. But I, I would have them in the ba- baby bag or mm. I'd be digging through my drawer and I'd be like, where's the matching one? I always, it's like socks, you're always mm. left with only one. So the fact that these little fold over sleeves are attached to the actual baby grow and it's got the same for the feet, which I absolutely love because you can just go sockless and just pop it over the foot right and my little and then the socks aren't going to fall off by the same token exactly and uh, my little guy his and Elijah's always had really long legs so sometimes he would the baby grows would fit him perfectly except in the length exactly and then one size bigger was then too Too, big too loose on the body so this is nice because I can just fold away the feet Mm, when you need to yeah I also love that it's got the two-way zip yeah so pooplosions Practical yeah. for nappy changes, especially yeah. when it's cold or in the middle of the night. You don't want to be undressing the baby completely in order to just do a nappy change. So that's amazing. They're beautiful looking. I mean, there's some really beautiful designs. I love the color schemes that they've got. Available in 0 to 3, yes. 3 to 6, and 6 to 9 six months. 6 to 9 months. Price. Yes. These items are so well priced. Yeah. You can go and shop anywhere in any kids' boutique. Um, these retail for uh, 180 Rand. That is right. 180 Rand. I mean, for a pure cotton baby grow that's got little hand mittens and f- 
little feet socks attached to them. Beautifully practical, beautifully designed. You will not find no. them priced at that price. For this quality, nothing yes. under 200 rand for sure. Exactly. So we are fans and we know that our listeners will be too. So it's perfect if you are a first time mom now and you've just had a baby or you know someone who's just about to have a baby. Um, or have it on the on yeah. the shopping list. Have yeah. this on the shopping list. Go out and get them. That's Larue with a double O L E R double O dot C O dot Z A. And I have some exciting news, Charlene. Yeah, we are going to be giving one away to a lucky listener. So please keep an eye on our social media in the next couple of days. You could stand a chance to win one of these onesies in the color of uh, your choice. It's it's a sort of blue, green, turquoise one and or a pink one. Yes. And uh, size, you can choose the size that you would need. So whether you've got a newborn or a baby that's a little bit older, um, you can choose for the competition. Mm. Just keep an eye out for our social media post. We'll put all the deets and, and what you'd need to do to qualify for an entry on there. And of course, put you in touch with LaRue Baby Grows. Our guest today is a force to be reckoned with in South African theatre and actually should need no introduction. As a former musical theatre student myself, Jill Gerard has had a life I would have killed for. She started out as a child actor and after studying at the drama school in London, went on to perform in several plays across the UK, rubbing shoulders with some theatrical greats. I really am so jealous. <laughs> Jill has directed for both TV and theatre, but has always preferred live theatre. Together with her people's theatre partner in crime, Keith Smith, she now produces no less than four stage productions a year. In the past, these have included The Wizard of Oz, Peter Pan, Winnie the Pooh, the centenary production of Peter Rabbit, one of my faves, Cinderella, The Magic of Walt Disney, Gingerbread Man, Babe, Shrek, Susical the Musical, which I went to, and most recently, Madagascar. Which is why she's joining us today. Welcome, Jill. Jill. Thank you so much. <laughs> that is quite a mouthful. What a resume. Those productions are all amazing. Jill, we're sold. We're sold on the People's Theatre and we're sold on you. And we're coming to see Madagascar in the coming weeks. And we're bringing oh, a few so friends. Glad. It's such a lovely production. It's so full of fun. And it's just arrived from beginning to end. Well, we are so excited. So without revealing too much, hashtag spoiler alert, <laughs> what can we expect? Um, you can expect the Madagascar um, animals who are called the Zoosters. Um, they are really, they look exactly like they would in the cartoon, except that we do see their faces because I'm, I really believe that we've got live actors and we need to see them. But we've got these amazing headdresses that have been made for, especially for the production. And um, we're struggling at the moment with the giraffe because it's so high, going in <laughs> and out of the ring and getting caught in ropes and things like that. I was specifically wondering about the giraffe, Jill. I, that yeah. is one of the characters <laughs> I had in mind. <laughs> and um, so all of the characters are um, really fabulous. They, they're all different. 
they're, they're very humanized. So they've all got human characteristics. They are terribly funny. The dialogue and the script is very contemporary. And um, it's something that I think adults and children will definitely relate to. Well, one thing we have in common with you, Jill, um, is a passion about exposing our kids to the theatre. Charlene and I have uh, two boys. Well, I've got a boy and she's got a boy. And uh, Charlene also has a a one-year-old little girl. And I'm sure as soon as she's old enough, she'll also be coming along to all of these. And my little guy, Elijah, absolutely loves the theatre. He thoroughly enjoyed Susicle um, earlier this year. And I can't wait to show him what's happening uh, with the Madagascar production. Uh, you know, that, that is one of the reasons why we like to show the actors' faces. That mm. although there's a headdress that looks like a giraffe or a hippo or a, or a lion, um, inside is the actor. So that the child realizes from the beginning that they are actors and they are portraying these characters. And that for me is important that little people don't get scared. There's nothing in the production that's going to frighten them or um, make them feel uncomfortable in any way. I think they'll just go with it. Oh, that's wonderful. Tell tell us more about the People's Theatre and and your ethos and why you feel like this exposure from so young is so important. Um, The People's Theatre is very much a theatre for people. So we, we aim at drawing in as many um, different people as possible. And when we started, there was um, very little, Mr. Average didn't go to the theater. Mm. And now we're finding they're coming because of their children. So they're coming to Joburg Theater and they're walking through the foyer and they're seeing the color purple posters or whatever. And then maybe they'll decide to go to the theater for themselves, but they're coming here specifically for their children which is why we try and do shows that um, most people know and and most children know, and it draws them in. And once they're drawn into the concept of live theater, um, we've got them hooked. So we say that let them come to one production and they can join our kids' club. We have a very, very active kids' club, which gives enormously reduced price tickets. And the kids get called up when it's their birthdays. And we've had this going for the last, oh my gosh, more than 20 years. And so we've drawn in kids from absolutely all over. And they literally flock to the theater. Another thing that you guys do is you, you're almost training new young actors because there are children in your performances. Is this a yeah, passion of yours? Ab- Uh, Yes, very much so. We are absolutely training young actors and we're training children, children from the age of six. And um, they come in and they are totally raw. They might have done drama at school or something like that, but it's very different to the discipline of a professional environment. And um, the difference that it makes to these kids Everyone says that how can they miss so much school? That they miss about two days of school and um, two days per week. Okay. But these kids end up doing better at school than they did before because of the the way they are focused, the way they um, contribute to the production. They are totally dedicated and are together. They must remember things, and this 
becomes later a, a reflect in their schoolwork and all of that. And what's it like working with these kids? You know what? I love kids. Otherwise, I wouldn't be doing this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm mad about them. So you don't and mind ours being all rowdy in the audience? <laughs> no. No. I believe that it's up to us and me as a director and the actors to be able to control the kids so that they, their focus comes back to where we want it to be, which is on the production. That's why I'm very careful with actors and we need plenty of variety so that the children become absorbed. Nothing stays the same way for too long. Mm, mm. And the kids will, will then get reabsorbed if they start getting restless. The actors know there are techniques that we teach them how to pull the kids back in again. Oh, that's, oh, that's wonderful. brilliant. You know, so we, we're coming with a whole crowd uh, in the first couple of weeks of June and I've mentioned to all the moms there who, are, who have said to me they're a bit nervous because it's their child's first theatre experience. And I said, you know what, if, if you're cutting your teeth at the People's Theatre, that's probably the best place to do it. Mm, mm. You know, one thing I'd say, don't arrive late. Don't arrive with um, that you rush your child. That everything is a positive, lovely experience. Come in. We don't mind if you bring your own snacks. We don't mind um, whatever you want to do. Um, and you can come in with the kids. Try and sit in the middle of the middle. If you tell us um, that it's their first time, that sort of thing, um, Bethany and Sean are very used to dealing with children so that we can advise the best place for your child to sit. And every child is an individual. And we try, we pride ourselves on having somebody who understands the theater and understands the whole process for the mother um, who will answer the phone and help you. That's so wonderful, Jill. That's really exciting because it's about the experience for the kids at the end of the day. And I mean, as, yes, you, as you well know, you can't make these kids fit into a mold that you want them to fit into. You don't know how Not they're going to behave all. or how they're going to react. So it's wonderful and that you, you have see, those tools. If the family come within the mother and the father or a parent or granny or whatever, um, it's very important for us that they actually discuss um, what they saw and what the actual meaning behind Madagascar is. Mm. And the children from the age of, I would say, from about four, they understand these characters and they understand like um, Alex, when he he wants to eat his best friend, why he wants to mm. do that, and how do they resolve it? And all these life lessons can mm. be used in everyday life. I love it. And listeners, you you heard it uh, straight from the director's mouth. If um, you are nervous, just be sure to tell the stewards and the people at the People's Theatre that it is your first time, and they'll be able to help you. I feel like as a mom, we we desperately feel we need to be welcomed into a fold of sorts and mm. it's nice to know that the people's theater is part of that fold absolutely absolutely i mean without an audience there is no people's theater so we do try and make every person who comes whether the child comes to audition and doesn't get in we try and make them feel glad that they tried and everything is about building a child and building a child's confidence mm -hmm. um through theatre and not breaking anything down. That's why no actor would ever respond negatively to something a child says in an audience. That's awesome. Wonderful. 
Jill, this is your second production for the year. If I'm, uh, you know, if I miss anything, like I said, I did see, I did attend Susical the musical. Uh, what's planned for the rest of the year? Can you give us any sneak peeks? Okay, um, after Madagascar, we do our story theatre, which is aimed at books and reading. And we will do a variety of different stories. The nice thing about this production is that it's aimed at participation. And it's aimed at children from the ages of three or four, depending on the child, to about 10, 11. And it's, it is participation theater. They take part in the stories and they become various characters. The audience makes the sound effects in the theater. And the, the meaning behind it is um, you can have this magic whenever you want. All you've got to do is open a book because books and theater are related. Mm. December, we have Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, oh, which yes. has never been done here. And we're very excited. And technically, it's going to be enormously challenging. Well, I'm we sure. look forward to it. Challenge accepted uh-huh. on your side, I'm sure. Thank you, yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, what's the best way, Jill, that you can, or that our listeners can nab a spot at an upcoming performance, just so that they know? Um, you know, the best thing probably is to join our Facebook page. Okay. And like our Facebook page, all the information is on there. We also have a website. If you just Google People's Theatre, everything comes up. And if all that fails, find the theatre. Um, people say will come up straight away and talk to us. Um, we are there to, um, to speak to and just tell us what you're worried about. You're worried about parking. You're worried about it's your child's first time. Um, come and talk to us and it'll be fun. I think for Madagascar, even quite young children are going to enjoy the visual aspect of mm, it. For sure. They might not necessarily understand the storyline, but they will understand the visual aspect. That's wonderful. I love the human element and that there's such um, compassion and understanding for moms and their kids. You don't get that everywhere. So thanks, Joel. That's really exciting. Thank you. Thanks for joining us, Joel. We will see you, you at so the much. theater. Man, I'm excited about that show. Yeah, me too. <laughs> uh, you know what? I just am so excited. If there was one takeaway for me from that discussion was that there is no judges if you take your kid to the theatre. If they have a meltdown or you don't know how they're going to react or if they need to nap or whatever, it is kid-friendly and it whatever your child does will be embraced. So... It's one place you can go as a mom to entertain your kids and not feel anxiety or stressed or worried because whatever will be, will be. Yeah, I like accommodating people. So mm. people's theatre, well done to you, sirs and madams. Mm, very excited. Yeah. I'm also excited to see like how the characters look, like how they get the costumes and the, the headsets and all of that kind of stuff done. I'm a little bit of a fangirl for the, um, I think he's playing Alex, the lion. Um, Luciano Zuppa, oh. right? He is kind of an old hat 
in the theater um, way of life in South Africa. But he sings all of the songs on the Clamber Club CDs. Okay. <laughs> and Elijah loves them. And I just want to shake his hand and be like, thank you, sir, <laughs> <laughs> for just keeping me sane in the car. Oh, shame. <laughs> so, yeah, anyway, super looking forward to that. Also really looking forward to our giveaway with LaRue Baby Grows. Yes, very nice. Yeah. Like, a little, like a little freebie there. Yeah. And good quality and something that can just make any mom with a newborn's life that a little bit easier. Speaking of the newborn life, mm. one big overriding message, listeners, it is not permanent. I know it's shit. I know it's hard. And I don't want to bore you with this. It'll be so worth it bullshit because it will be worth it. You'll love your kid. You'll have a great kid that you've been blessed with. That is a given. We don't want to gloss over. That's the whole point of this. Yes. We don't want to gloss over that. It really is hard. And if you're struggling, it's okay to struggle. It's totally normal. Fine, yeah. It's normal to feel like, fuck, is it supposed to be this hard? It yes. is that hard. Yeah, it's it that is. hard, but it's not permanent. You're going to do a great job. You're going to get to the other side and be like, fuck, I did this. Hooray. Yeah. And then you're on to the next challenge, <laughs> <laughs> which you will also survive, by the way. Look at Sam and I. Here we are. We're here. We're, We're still fun. alive. We're still kicking. Still a bit crazy. but <laughs> Well, maybe a little bit more crazy for it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, it is it is hashtag worth it. Uh, we just hate kind of saying that because that dismisses uh, the real feelings that moms are feeling. Exactly. We don't want to pretend like we're okay when we're not. No, and I mean, we want to keep talking about this topic as well as all the other topics we always talk about. So if you guys um, want to chat with us, if you want to tell us your newborn story, if you just want to share what you're battling with at the moment, look, we are creating a sense of community here. So even if it's not something for the show, but you just want to send a voice note or a WhatsApp saying, guys, I'm battling today because of X, Y, and Z. Even if Sam and I are just an ear to listen to and we send you a little message back about our experience or just some reassurance. We are here for you. We want you to swear, rant, cry or laugh. DM us a voice note on Instagram at the Great Equalizer Podcast. Or record a voice note on your phone and just hit us up over email, uh, thegreatequalizer.za at gmail.com. So just attach that little voice note and we'll... Be here for you. Yeah, we want to be your support. Your support, however, is also super important to us and your interaction with us shows that support. Um, you have no idea how much uh, every like, love and comment and share means to us. So please don't stop doing that. And thank you for those who have already engaged with us and have been doing so for the past episodes. Absolutely. Guys, also don't forget to review us on Apple Podcasts if you are in the Apple way or rate us on Facebook and on Spotify or SoundCloud, or Apple Podcasts, hit that subscribe button. Because then you know what's going to happen is you'll be told by the magic of the internet that there is a new episode up. And you can hit it and download it and it'll make your day better. Because we'll be there. Exactly. And talking you, in your ear. And you can listen to it then when you have time. But at least you'll know that it's there and you won't miss any of the content that we're putting out there and sharing. Um, the more we see, we are seen, the more you share our stuff and the more you interact with us, the better our podcast can do for you and the better we can serve you and the more we will have to talk about, which makes Sam and I not feel so damn alone in this <laughs> crazy world of motherhood. <laughs> Tune in next week, guys, for a little chat on body, body image. image. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a big one. Yeah. Um, there might be some tears. We'll, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> Probably so on my end again. <laughs> <laughs> guys... I think that's it for this week. Yeah. Until next time, 
Keep your mom game strong. For more on today's show, please head on over to our website at www.thegreatequalizerza.com or catch us on Instagram at The Great Equalizer Podcast or on Facebook. If you want something a little more personal, email us at thegreatequalizer.za at gmail.com and we'll get back to you.